So there's a question or concern that comes up in this space or about this topic uh, on occasion. And it can seem like a sort of superficial curiosity or just an intellectual curiosity, but it actually runs very, very deep. And it comes in different forms, but it's often something like, um, does the person going through this process, do they realize when there's enlightenment? Do they feel it? Do they know it? Is it obvious? Is there an end there? Is it permanent? Um, again, the question comes in different forms, but it really does have an underlying illusion that it's sort of giving it away by asking. Uh, the illusion that there's someone there who's going to get something. So I'm usually inclined to say something along the lines of, the one who starts this journey, the one who starts to awaken, will not survive the journey, will not survive the awakening process. And this is very true. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take the journey. You should. It doesn't mean you shouldn't engage awakening. I think you should, if you're inclined to. But it is important to say that the transformation, the depth of transformation that occurs here is profound beyond anything you can imagine. Completely beyond anything you can imagine because you can only imagine things by being an imaginer. You can only imagine a world by being someone in the world. You can only imagine separation by perceiving yourself as separate from other objects and people and so forth. So all of those perspectives will fail here, and that's okay. There is something beyond it. Now, what's beyond it, I can't even begin to talk about. I can point to it. I can use some descriptors, but they all kind of fall flat. It's really mysterious. Mysterious from the standpoint of the mind that wants to understand, wants to hold a model of things, wants to hold a map. It's utterly mysterious to that part of ourselves. That part of you will ultimately meet its own demise. But what the implications of that are varies. For some, it's very, very uh, disconcerting for a period of time. It can be sort of devastating. It can also, paradoxically, be simple, obvious in a sense, but also very mysterious in another sense. Um, it can be quite natural, no big deal, quite ordinary. Now, over time, things will settle to the point where it does feel quite ordinary, exquisitely obvious, undeniable. There's something that is clarified beyond the illusion of a seeker, of self, the journeyer. When that illusion is no longer pulling anymore, creating a sense of center, creating a sense of agency, when that's not occurring anymore, 
What's remaining is very powerful in one sense. Powerful in the sense that its presence is all there is. It's exquisite. It will destroy anything that tries to form within it as a concept or a structure or a belief or a pattern or fixation. But it's also quite natural. We have infinite access to it through the five sense fields, five sense gates. You could also say six, including consciousness. But that sense gate is where the distortions lie. That's where the fixations are undermined, ultimately. So all identity that was ever derived from the illusory um, effect of the movements of consciousness uh, are completely dissolved. So there can be an experience of consciousness, but there's no one experiencing it. And it's momentary, usually. And it's seen to be reflective. Whereas the sense fields are quite direct. But the presence is here all the time. That's all there is. There are no descriptions for this. There are no words that really work here. There are a lot of words that try to work here. But I first should say that when you move beyond that illusory one-in-time seeker, person moving through time, person who has control, when you move beyond that paradigm, it's not just that that disappears. Everything looks somewhat different, if not completely different. The sense of there being a world. The sense of what things are, things happening, importance, all of it is kind of just gone. So then, what remains? Again, it's very obvious, exquisitely obvious, kind of amazing, because it's beyond pleasurable or unpleasurable. It's beyond real or unreal. But what can you say about it? Closest thing I can think of would be the word paradox. Everything gets quite paradoxical here. And that's because the mind simply can't touch this. The thinking mind can only know anything about the effects of this. They can't know it directly. They can't know the unconditioned directly. They can only know it as a concept, which is an effect. So paradox is a pretty good word because a paradox just means contradictory truths or experiences that somehow still exist. So, so things get quite like that, paradoxical. It seems like a contradiction to say that everything that ever has been is here already. Everything that could be is here already, and yet there's no thing here. That sounds quite paradoxical, but it's also immediately and directly obvious to anyone who has moved beyond the paradigm of 
and the experience of self. Now, this also continues to evolve. It does carry itself into deeper insights very subtly, but it does. But what's interesting is now it does it spontaneously because it has to, because there's no will, because there's no one carrying that will. The vehicle for will is the illusory separate self. So without agency, there's spontaneity. There's just this unfolding and there's nothing else really to pay attention to. Attention might be up in thoughts on occasion, but it will pretty quickly stop doing that because there's nothing there. There's no value, no utility. And this is so darn compelling. So not much to say other than that here. But just know that that very subtle assumption that there's someone who's going to get something out of this will itself be destroyed. And that's perfectly okay. You didn't need it. It always came with baggage. 